Hi, everyone. My name is Mark Snyder. Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoons, Long Island Chamber Maps, and the Maptoons Shoppers Discount Card. For over 4,000 discounts island-wide, visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast by visiting wcwp.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. Let me introduce my first guest this morning, Henry Stamfel, chairman of the board of the Malvern Chamber of Commerce and the owner of Malvern Cinema and Belmore Movies and Showplace, and also, as I learned this morning, the North Shore Towers Theater, correct? Yes. Yep. And until recently, uh, you have also been a very active board member with the Nassau Council of Chambers. Yes. Okay. We'll talk about that in a little bit. One final note. Henry is a neighbor of mine. Okay. <laughs> Henry, welcome to Chamber Chatter. Um, good. Good to see you again. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you were president of the Malvern Chamber of Commerce for some time, and you now serve as chairman of the board. Uh, you preside over one of, in my opinion, the most charming, picturesque villages on Long Island. Uh, if you've never been to Malvern, this is a predominantly North Shore listening community, uh, you owe it to yourself to visit their community. Uh, for the WCWP listening audience um, who doesn't know a lot about Malvern, um, what can you tell us about your, your, your community? Well, Malvern is, uh, you know, the uh, chamber has been around since 1954. Uh, it's, as you know, the village is all of maybe three or four blocks. We maintain about 80 members a year, you know, give or take. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very intent on the village elders to keep it the way it is. They don't like changes. It's one of the few uh, chambers that has a movie theater, has a bowling alley. We even have a farm. You know, so this is all part of Malvern, and uh, it's a great place to work. It's a great place to have a business. Well, I have worked uh, in Malvern, so uh, I've uh, had a sort of an intimate firsthand relationship with a lot of the business owners there. For those of you who aren't familiar, uh, Malvern Village is nestled just south of the Southern State Parkway, if you can imagine, north of Lindbrook, west of Rockville Center, and east of Franklin Square. And uh, it's one of those towns that uh, I keep hearing terms like turn of the century village and uh, Norman Rockwell uh, type. Um, but a lot of people don't know about Malvern. Uh, I know that your residents know, and that's why they move there. But is it a challenge for you to, uh, as a chamber uh, leader, to get visitors to come into your community? And if so, like, how do you, how do you go about reaching out outside the community? Well, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Rockville Center is very close and that's a larger community and people know Rockville Center. They know Lindbrook. They know those areas. Uh, the f fortunate thing about Malvern is it's right by the parkway. So when you come off the parkway and go into Lindbrook or go to Rockville Center, you're going to go through Malvern. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, Sometimes a challenge when we have a fair or we have something going on. But people find their way. They find their way. And there's a lot of people that know about Malvern. You know, it's – it's. The, I mean, when we took over the theater and we've been operating the theater since 1990 and then we converted it to uh, an art cinema, dedicated art cinema, people found us. 
So, you know, and people know, know us from all over. They travel from everywhere. And uh, the other business that brings in uh, people from everywhere is, believe it or not, the Malvern Bakery. The Malvern, it's a very legendary. Fair, legendary bakery, yes. So, yeah. Legendary. So, um, how much effort do you put into promoting the village beyond uh, the surrounding communities? Or do you find that a lot of your energy is just spent, you know, trying to promote and making sure that the local residents continue to support the businesses in their backyard? Well, I got to talk about the local residents because they are very keen to what's going on in Malvern. I, I mean, we have our, our little television station where they do all the board meetings and there's, uh, you know, uh, we're fortunate to put as a chamber to put all our information on that channel. And then we have, uh, uh, you know, the Herald. The Herald play, always plays an active role in all the communities. So they're very pro-promoting chambers, chamber business. But I have to say the residents are very much supportive of anything uh, the Malvern Chamber does and the Malvern Civic. They're very supportive. So when we do an event like like our fair, which is going to be on October 6th this year, they all come out and support that. When uh, uh, we have the children's play in the park and we always get 200 people for that, you know, and uh, that's something that uh, 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 Kevin Harrington from uh, the Plaza Theatrical, they come every year and they do it in the park. Um, so when we do these things, you know, they're very supportive. So it's all good. And and believe me, some events like the fair, uh, of course, we use somebody to uh, uh, supply us with vendors. They advertise. So we do get a we do get collateral visitation from those people. So, you know, on Long Island, um, you you can get into a situation where sort of one town rolls into the next into the next, and you can't make a distinction between Belmore and Merrick and. Seaford and Wontaw, and it's like, where does one begin and one end? Uh, but in your situation, you do have a very unique and distinct community. When you're in Malvern, you know it, and when you leave Malvern, you know it, and um, you're, you're really blessed. I, I would be willing to bet there are a lot of chamber presidents that would, would say, I'd love to run that chamber for a few weeks and just, you know, or a few months or years or whatever, because it seems like it's, it's a lot of fun, and you get so much cooperation from the businesses, the enthusiasm from the business owners, and the support you get. You're talking about the residents. Um, from where I sit, I, I think that's an issue with a lot of chambers where they feel they don't get enough support from their local community, that people leave town to shop elsewhere, which is very easy to do on Long Island. It's very easy to find your three towns away in a matter of minutes. But I guess that there's a lot of passion for the community, like you said, to keep it the way it is. And as a result, you have to support the community. If you don't, the shops start to close up and people say, what happened to that cute little restaurant? Well, not enough people supported it. Right. So uh, what is your uh, relationship like with the village there? Are you uh, closely aligned with them? Uh, do you find you work together or are you sort of uh, uh, running on two separate tracks? Well, I mean, the village always has to watch out. They represent the residents and they represent the best interest of the residents. And, you know, sometimes... Uh, uh, you know, you're trying to run a business, so you, what you're looking to do that they might not find that it's in the best interest of everybody. But I have found that working in Malvern, generally, they have been very supportive, always. Uh, now, I've been there since 1990, so we've had a number of mayors, and every 
and through every administration of the the mayorship, they've been very supportive. But again, they have to watch out for everybody. They have to look out for everybody. And on top of that, they don't want to change the town too much. So you're not going to see a massive parking lot come in or, a, you know, they're going to try to, you know, work it out so it's a little bit more subtle what they do. And it's worked so far. So, you know. And you have a new mayor, right? Didn't yes, you? you do have a new mayor. How's so that working out? He, you know, he just started, so we'll see. New, how right? Goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the situation with the farm is very interesting. I believe it's one of two farms in uh, Nassau County, right? Uh, I don't in, know where the other one is. Is it in Brookville? I think Brookville's maybe. got a farm. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think there's a farm in Brookville. Um, I'm certain there's one in Malvern. We're going to talk right. about it. But now that was privately owned, and if I'm not mistaken, you tell me if I have this story right, uh, a developer was going to come in and, you know, develop the property. Right. And then, so what happened? How, how, how did you end up keeping the farm the way it is? So- we weren't involved in that because it's really outside the business district. Chamber so had, had no, no input. It did, I, I'm sure the village had some because the village really wanted to keep the farm. And I have to tell you that the residents and the civic try to volunteer and work on the farm so they keep it. But it is one of those land deals with, through Nassau County where they want to try to preserve the, the integrity of that, that area. So, um, and that's where we are with that. You know, and, and believe me, the... Like I said, the village residents really put a lot of time into that, so that's kind of out of our area. But it's right. Know. But the, so the county came in, county came and in. said, "We'll buy the buy the land." So is that something the village approached them on, or was there a huge pushback from the residents? I mean, how did that how did that come about? I, I wasn't involved. Not at all. Huh? Say, but but you know, from what my take is, is that uh, May McDonald was very passionate about it. She wanted the farm to be a success. She wanted to keep the farm. And uh, and I think most most residents agree with her on that. So there's you know you don't want to you don't want to take away things like that. You know you want to try to preserve them as much as possible. Long Island's becoming built up and built up and built up. So you know it's important that we try to keep those those little treasures around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've I've been there a few times to shop. I mean yep. it's all organic and uh, yep. right. They have lots of you know craft fairs and just little events for the kids and the families which is which is really nice so it's i'm glad to see that that farm has has survived uh let's talk for a second about uh the chamber henry um you were president for at least five years right longer maybe maybe longer Yeah. yeah um what are some of your success stories what what are you proud of when you came in there were obviously things that you wanted to do um what what did you implement that uh, has kind of continued to be successful for the community? So um, we always had a classic car show in October, and at one time they had a country fair, but we uh, it stopped for a while. So I was happy to bring back the Malvern. At the time, it was the Malvern Merchant Fair, and the idea was to promote the merchants, let them come out. The cars were there, and we would promote the merchants. So now it's evolved into the Malvern Village Fair, and 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 every year we look forward to it. It's always in October. This year it's October sixth. So um, and it's a great little fair. It's not overwhelming. It's we don't have a lot of carnival rides. We do the bouncies, but we have the uh, the tap to point dancers come and they do their show, and it's always great. And the cars come out, and it's so it's a great uh, event. 
You know, it's and and people love it. And for a couple of years, we linked it up with the farm, but I think we were spreading that out a little too much. So we're spreading out all everything. So I think mm. the farm has agreed to do something the day before or the week before. So, but it's all good. That was one thing. And then um, I brought in the uh, uh, children's play in the park. And I, as I said, this is uh, Keith. Uh, I'm sorry, Kevin Harrington. Yes. Um, he um, he operates uh, Plaza Theatrical. They do a lot of shows at our Belmore Movies and Showplace. So he comes in once a year and does a play in the park, and we give this to the kids, and it's done over at Westwood Park. So that, that became a nice success story. So we're doing that too. The most recent is, and, I, and really, I, Maria Cassini, I have to give her all the credit in the world, and our board. Our board is very uh, energetic right now. Good people uh, on the board, yeah, by the way. Yep. I work with them. Very good. But Maria Cassini has brought about this uh, uh, Malvern Art Walk. It's in June. I read about that. And it's 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 terrific. Did you launch that last year? We did. Yes, because I think it was fairly well covered. I, maybe News 12 did a piece on it or Newsday or right. I forget. I remember reading about it thinking, what a great idea. Well, the, the idea behind it is that uh, we have all these people uh, uh, submitting their artwork and then we place it around town and then we have a little – we have a map and people go and see all the art and they'll actually go into office spaces to see the art and stuff like that. So they get to meet the chamber members. They get to meet you know, the merchants, the local merchants. This is a great idea. It's, it, it worked out so well last year and, and you know, uh, Maria has been great with that. Um, so again, we're doing it this year. I, I believe the opening is June 8th. And, we do a little opening, and it's. I'd like to go cool. to that. It sounds, yeah. and it's all local artists it's from local? Malvern. No, from everywhere. Oh, you know, anybody it's just not can... Malvern, but yeah, they could all submit. Yep. So I think we have well over a hundred pieces submitted already. So and we put them all around town. So it's really a home run. That's so, a really. So that's event. your latest endeavor, and it's been been yes. successful. And I do encourage other chambers to to start to do certain things with artists because, you know, these days it's harder to get people into the local villages, you know, so, but those things do help a lot, a gallery or something, something going on, you know, local, local music. But don't you find that the local villages are actually thriving more today than they have been in the past? I mean, you see like Farmingdale booming, Rockville Center, Bayshore, Patchogue, right? We can start listing them. There's more, Sayville, Huntington, I see a sort of a, a paradigm shift taking place away from the malls and back into the downtown. Oh, absolutely away from the malls. The malls, you know, uh, they've always taken the business. We've always worried about that, but people are coming back to the communities. But in all these communities, they, they're vigorous about promoting their downtowns, and Farmingdale is a good example of that. They had to change their whole uh, way they operated. I mean, they, they had to make way for little local restaurants and, and uh, uh, you know, stores that provide other retail items that you don't see even online. Sure. You know, they had to change the way they operated. So, it you know, it, yes, I agree with you on that, but there are a lot of, if you drive down certain areas, there's a lot of, uh, you know, buildings for rent and stuff like that. And, you know, there's always a concern. You know, there's always a concern. Definitely stores for rent. Yes. But you, you're fairly fortunate. Malvern, uh, you know, my experience working there for a little while is I didn't see a lot of vacancies. No. I mean, uh, the the building next to the theater, um, he's subdivided. So he's just in the middle of starting to rent those. But, you know, so. But, yeah, generally uh, Malvern has always found that they were pretty well rented 
you know, it's a nice little community. It's a nice little community to work. Have you seen an increase in foot traffic? You know, they talk about a town's walkability. Certainly Malvern has walkability. You can park your car and you can literally walk around town and spend Yeah, Malvern's one of those one of those places. And Have you, you know, seen they just an increase open... though in foot traffic? Like do you do you feel like there's that the town is on an upswing? It's this movement away from the malls and into the into the villages. Yeah, Have I do. Picked up on I that? do. I mean I mean uh, we did lose one of our uh, gift shops, but you know, that had nothing to do with business. Uh, she chose to move on. Um, but but uh, but uh, I do see that uh, you know, different businesses are coming in and they're working and people enjoy working in Malvern. So yeah. it's one of those things. And sometimes we'll get we'll get merchants that, you know, really live quite far away and they want to open a place in Malvern because they like the, you know, the village so much sure. and, the, and the, the placement of the village. But it's it's, you know, that's the great part about Malvern. Yeah. So it's a great town. Uh, we have about a minute uh, before we break. I just wanted to ask you, you served on the Nassau Council of Chambers uh, board for quite some time. Um, I didn't realize you stepped down until I did a little research for this show. <laughs> um, what was your experience like uh, working with the National Council? You know, they are a wonderful group of people, and they're fighting for small business. Every day they're fighting for small business. And I had to step down just because it became too much with everything else that I was, because uh, I'm operating three businesses and stuff. But uh, I I miss those people terribly. Do you? They do a good job. They they really try their best. And uh, we're very fortunate in Nassau County to have them. In fact, Suffolk County is trying to develop a, a, a something council. similar, yeah, a council. I, I don't know if they've done it, but they're trying. But we are very fortunate to have them. They work hard and volunteer. Henry Stample, thank you for joining us on Chamber Chatter. Thank you, Mark. Up next, we'll speak with two more chamber leaders about their unique communities. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and the MapTunes Shoppers Discount Card. To view over 4,000 discounts island-wide, visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast by visiting wcwp.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. Okay, Henry Stamfel from the Malvern Chamber has left us, and two new guests have joined us. Ryan Schlatter, President of the Oyster Bay East Norwich Chamber of Commerce and the owner of the Oyster Bay Brewing Company, and Joe Garcia, president of the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce and manager of Weikert Realtors Performance Homes in Farmingdale. Ryan and Joe, thanks for taking the time to join us today on Chamber Chatter. Thanks for having us. Yes. I'd like to start by having each one of you tell us a little bit about the communities you serve as chamber president. Ryan, if we head about seven miles northeast of our studios here in Brookville, we'll reach the charming village of Oyster Bay, home of the seat of the town of Oyster Bay. How are things going for the Oyster Bay uh, East Norwich Chamber of Commerce these days? Things are great. Um, we are um, in a period of, um, of growth. We've seen a transition. It's a historic community. Um, was home to Teddy Roosevelt. Um, his summer White House was there. 
Sagamore Hill. Uh, we see the town going um, from sleepy to a lot of bars and restaurants opening, a lot of new businesses coming into town, um, and the foot traffic has increased, and the town has supported it. So the growth over the last you know four or five years has been tremendous, and uh, I think everybody is is really happy about it. They talk about uh, a town's success in terms of walkability, you know, the ability to um, put people on the streets. Uh, we'll talk about Farmingdale in a second here. They've certainly seen a lot more uh, street activity, and it's great when you see that, especially when you go through a period of time where the streets are quiet, never a, a good sign for a community. Now, look, not all towns are designed uh, to be walkable, uh, but certainly Oyster Bay and Farmingdale are two examples of Towns that have uh, are, have made and are making nice comebacks. Uh, Joe, uh, your downtown turnaround is uh, one of the most remarkable stories on Long Island. Can you give us a little history uh, on th- how this transformation uh, began to take place? Sure. So, I think uh, a lot of the a lot of the transition really was a natural progression of just how the economy has shifted over the last 15 years or so. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, we we suffered like a lot of downtowns with multiple vacancies, very quiet downtown, uh, quiet town in general. And uh, that's that's clearly changed. We've been able to leverage what we already have and really stretch our, our existing resources. You know, we have a, a pretty busy train station. We have a Main Street, and, and it's named Main Street, which is always pretty cool, too. You know, we have a golf course, and, and uh, starting, I believe it was in 2000, we started having big events there, U.S. Opens and PGA events. We have U.S. Open coming up uh, in May. We have an airport. We have a, an industrial area in East Farmingdale. So there really is a lot of the natural um, resources to tap into, but it, there was no heart. We really didn't have a place to bring it all together. And I think the village did a great job, village leadership, in fostering some of that. And the Chamber of Commerce certainly was a big part of it, I think, to bring people into downtown and bring bring businesses because people aren't going to show up to an empty street. So I look at Farmingdale a little bit like an incubator over the last 10 or 12 years for bars and restaurants. You know, we have two food trucks that made Farmingdale, the, you know, on Main Street, their first physical location, first actual location. And um, a lot of bars and restaurants, very vibrant. Uh, things like, uh, you know, Music on Main have brought a lot of people during the summer down to our, our downtown. And when they see Main Street and they see everything we have to offer, they tend to come back. You left out a couple other draws for your community. You've got an amusement park. Yes. Right. Adventureland. You have a college. We do, SUNY. I mean... There's a lot going on in Farmingdale and a reason why so many people go to that that community. The fact that you've been able to transform the downtown, and as I was mentioning before we went on the air, um, I went to college uh, back in 79 to Farmingdale University. Uh, then it was like a SUNY Farmingdale. I never stepped foot on Main Street in the right. two years I went there. And then, by the way, I transferred, full disclosure, transferred <laughs> to LIU Post where we're recording this right now. Um, I want to talk one more thing. The mayor of your town, um, this may put you in an advantage, is also a business owner, Yes. Uh, the owner of Moby Drugs. 
Um, how has that benefited you having a mayor who also, I know he sold the property since, but who who lived and breathed on Main Street for a long and, time? And he still works at the property. So even though he, he may have uh, sold it, he's still there as the managing pharmacist. So Ralph Ekstrand, by yes, the way. Let's and, give him credit. And, uh, and he deserves it. And he sits on our board. So it's there's mo- many reasons why that's powerful. One, he knows what Main Street is. He knows what we need. He knows what the businesses are looking for. He's a business owner uh, himself, or, or was, and he knows what you need to be successful owning a business. You need customers. You need cooperation from your local government. And I think anybody you talk to on Main Street would agree that when you go to the village with an idea or something you want to do with your business, it's it's a very, hey, how can we make this work atmosphere instead of a, well, you know, start start with the permitting process and we'll, we'll look at it. And uh, having him on the chamber board also means – you know, the different events we have when the village needs something from us to make something happen, it's seamless. And when we need something from the village, within reason, we can we can make that happen. He's a board member? Yes. Oh, that's great. Um, Ryan, the seat of the uh, township of Oyster Bay, not to be confused with the village of Oyster Bay. There's always a lot of confusion. The town of Oyster Bay, the village of Oyster Bay. But the, uh, the seat of the Oyster Bay township is on Audrey Avenue which is uh, right smack dab in the middle of downtown, right in the heart there. Um, do you get a chance to work closely with uh, the supervisor and the staff there? Has that been a benefit to you? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> supervisor Saladino has been been great since he's, he's come into office for us. Um, he keeps in touch with us. He sends out emails. Uh, we have meetings um, bi-weekly just about to go over issues that would help out the businesses in town, anything that we might be facing uh, that that makes it difficult to operate. Um, he's wanted it to just go away, make it simple to operate. Anything they can do, they've extended themselves. And like you said, having them right in the middle of town is great because they're they're right there with us. And they also have a large staff, so I don't doubt that the employees of the uh, town of Oyster Bay frequent your restaurants and bars and shops. Absolutely. And um, it's it's good. I mean, the, the way the town is set up, you're, you're finding parking when you work down there or if you're just coming to visit and you're walking by all the shops. And like I said earlier, um, with the addition of um, a lot more restaurants and uh, a lot of mom and pop shops have come back that people come down, they walk by. That's the definition of how a downtown area works. You're going to a restaurant and you're window shopping as you walk by and you might come back later in the week or even later that day and um, and buy something or or uh, or stop at a restaurant that you saw. So it all works together and uh, it seems to be humming right now. So we're happy with it. Great. Uh, Ryan, this is your first year as president. You took over in January? I did. All right, Joe, is this your second year? I'm on my second year. You're in your second year. What's, what's your term? The one-year term, so... Oh, so you you were renewed? I I got the got the nod. You got the one year contract yep. renewed. Yep. And how about you, Ryan? What's your commitment? To we are three year terms. You're th- it's a three year commitment. That's yeah. see now that's that's a, a lot to ask. Um, but you're obviously up for the challenge as a local business owner and wanted to make some changes. So, great, um, Joe. Uh, in your opinion, what is the biggest misconception your businesses have about the Chamber of Commerce? I think a lot of our businesses don't actually have a conception of the Chamber of Commerce. They're, they're sometimes a little confused what it is we do. You know, they send their dues in and or not, and um, they're not always exactly sure what we're there for. But this year, the last year and a half, we've really made a big push to make sure that they know that, and we're um, helping them 
connect more with the community. You know, when you when you see so much business leaving Farmingdale, y- you want to find ways to keep some of that in house, and and we've done that. Um, I think a lot of times they also look at us more of a networking organization. There's certainly a lot of networking involved in a chamber of commerce, but there is that uh, ability to help them connect with the community and also, you know, legislative priorities. We've made a point to have a legislative committee this year and go out and um, make sure that, you know, the business community's needs are being met as well as as well as everybody else's. So um, I think the, you know, to, to answer your question, it really is just not always knowing exactly what we do and making sure that we, we remind them. Um, the supervisor, Saladino, does he participate with with your activities as well? Yes, he he loves to come to the ones with the food, but he comes to he comes to most of them. He's uh, he's a good guy and a good partner for us. Yeah, Joe and I uh, went to school together. We're oh, both well. uh, Massapequa High School, class yeah. of '79, and he's still a friend to this day. He grew up a few blocks from me, and he lives uh, still just a few blocks away. And I was just talking to him over the weekend. <laughs> so he's uh when he it's interesting <laughs> when I speak to him, he's Joey Sal, right? And uh, to everybody else, he's supervisor Saladino. Yeah. So every time I answer the phone, I'll say, Joey Sal. And he goes, I love when you say that. Anyway, um, Ryan, um, my experience with uh, business owners is that um, a large number of them either don't know what a chamber is, um, they've heard of a chamber, but they've never been approached. Uh, what struggles do you face trying to get uh, members to come on board and and be a part of the group? Yeah, I think for for Business owners that have been around a while that haven't participated in a in a chamber, um, showing them the value is key. Um, I think with the you know evolution of social media, that's gotten a little bit easier because a lot of businesses you look at don't take advantage of social media. And when a chamber does and starts to build that and share the businesses that participate, I think it uh, it builds value there. Um, and then you have new businesses. When a new business owner comes in, they're excited. Uh, I've, I've noticed that you know part of your job is to capture that excitement, um, absolutely, and use it uh, to to bring them in and project that back on the town, which is uh, which is always beneficial. I'm sure you see that a lot too, Joe. When you get a new business on Main Street or really any part of town, yeah. Um, the first phone call a lot of them make is to the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit of a sense of pride for somebody who may have had that dream of business ownership for years, and and they they felt that they could do it, and they uh, you know they get their phone number, they get their location, they get their keys, and uh, they want to they want a little bit of recognition maybe, uh, and and I think a chamber is a great place. The ribbon cuttings are always something every chamber talks about. I, I think we do a great job with ours, and you know that. We, we get hugs a lot of times at the end of the ribbon cutting, you know, and, and so much appreciation because it's it's as a business owner, you know, any business owner could tell you, you really don't get a lot of, you know, pats on the back. And I think as business owners, you don't need that. And that's one of the reasons you became the business owner. But it's still nice to have sometimes and uh, the ribbon cutting, the excitement for that new owner. It's it's why I became part of the chamber is when we franchised in 2016, we joined the chamber to uh to get a ribbon cutting and we were excited and it was a great promotion uh, promotional you know event and and then i loved it and i, I stayed involved 2016 that was the year you and i met yes that's yes. right um i also noticed that not only do you have a chamber of commerce but within the chamber you, you have a merchants association 
It's actually separate from the chamber. Um, it's what may one day become a business improvement district for uh, the village of Farmingdale because a lot of times people will look at the chamber and it's something we always have to be careful of as a uh, village organization. We really are the greater Farmingdale you know, that, that's our location. So we have East Farmingdale, uh, Farmingdale uh, Hamlet, South Farmingdale, you know, and, and West Farmingdale. So we really uh, have to work closely with the Merchants Association, which is a little different than the Chamber of Commerce, but really our goals are all the same. Because the way I look at it as is every time we get somebody to come down to Main Street and have a great time and say, wow, look at Farmingdale, look what they've done, it's good for the businesses anywhere in the zip code. You know, when you go and tell somebody now that, hey, I have a business in Farmingdale, they really don't differentiate between, are you on Main Street, off Main Street, in the village, out of the village. They say, wow, I I had a great time at Vespa last night. Or, hey, isn't Adventureland cool? I go there with my kids all the time. So we really want them to have fun, enjoy themselves, uh, you know, and and take that – look of Farmingdale and, and look, we had Lexus open up a 110 in Farmingdale. We, we really are changing maybe the perception of Farmingdale from being more of a blue collar, hardworking town. And I think we still are that in a lot of ways, except, you know, there's, there's uh, higher end things here too. Why was there a need to create a merchant's association? How, like how, what was the evolution of that? I find it very interesting that it kind of spun off Mm-hmm. from the chamber itself what was the uh genesis of, one of the things you'd hear that? from uh some of our business owners was that we were very main street centric and some of the cost involved in having the main street events um really the only people you the claim is the only people who are going to have a direct benefit are the other business owners on main street a lot of them aren't even members of the chamber so there was a thought that there really should be something in place to, to you know, craft or a culture that just the Main Street experience differently than Farmingdale as a, as, a, as a hamlet or a zip code. You know, you think about SUNY Farmingdale, you mentioned, that's a, you're not walking to Main Street from there. I mean, that's a car ride or a bus ride. That's fair. Um, yeah. and, and their needs are going to be very different than who we mentioned, Vespa, you know, on Main Street or, or Nutty Irishman, who's uh, Joe Fortuna is one of the uh, main uh, drivers behind the, the Merchants Association and, and the Main Street events. You know, it's so different. Sometimes you really need subsets or, or different organizations to handle that. But what's great about Farmingdale is at least uh, in the three years that I've been kind of working uh, intimately, everybody has the same goals. So we're all working together for the same for the same thing. Ryan, uh, you also have a, a downtown, um, but you also have businesses on the outskirts and certainly East Norwich, which we're going to talk about. We have not forgotten about East Norwich. Um, do you find the same sort of issues where the downtown you know, kind of doesn't, or the people, let me rephrase that, outside of the downtown feel they're not fairly represented? I mean, we don't, we, we don't get too much of that. We, we, we focus on, and if you know the area, you know it's not a large area. So I don't think that it's, uh, it's that challenging to overcome that in the, in the sp- spot that we're in. But you do uh, have a lot of business as you go up one, head south on 106. Correct. Right. Correct. Who and, are uh, removed and, from the. And we make sure we stay on top of uh, communication there and, and the, make sure we get the ribbon cuttings and um, they stay involved in, in all the operations that are uh, chamber related. So. And you do have a smaller chamber than Farmingdale. I think Farmingdale is over 300 members, right? We, we hang around there. By the end of the year, I think we'll, we'll It's a big we'll chamber. Yeah, what do you, I'm guessing you're 100, 75, 100 maybe? Yeah, we, uh, 
we are. That was a guess, by the oh, way. I didn't yeah. want to put words in your mouth. We're, we'll uh, we'll touch a uh, hundred plus. Um, we look to grow it. Uh, as you know, you have supporting members. We do have a lot of people that do business that come in from outside of the community. Uh, we look to that to to help drive the the uh, chamber as well. So, okay, coming up next. There are unique challenges facing each of the chamber leaders I'm speaking to. We're going to talk about them. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and the MapTunes Shoppers Discount Card. For over 4,000 discounts island-wide, visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. By the way, Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. You can visit wcwp.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. My guest today, Ryan Schlotter, president of the Oyster Bay East Norwich Chamber of Commerce, and Ryan is also the owner of the Oyster Bay Brewing Company. Joe Garcia is the president of the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce, and he's the manager of Weikert Realtors Performance Homes, and that's in Farmingdale. Ryan, uh, you preside over not one, but two communities, um, Oyster Bay and East Norwich, which is not highly unusual, but I'm sure that it, uh, it also presents some challenges for you in making sure that you know both communities get your attention, especially East Norwich, which is a smaller uh, business community. So, uh, how do you go about that, making sure that East Norwich, in particular, doesn't feel like they're being left out? Yeah, it's uh, it it sounds more challenging than it is because the the businesses are are not like the businesses that are down in on Main Street. On Audrey. What kind of business is um, just for the listening audience? What kind of business? They've never been to East Norwich. So I don't even know if I know where East Norwich is. There's uh, there's some great restaurants there. Where um, is East Norwich? East Norwich is off of 25A. Um, so Northern Boulevard, where the studio resides. If correct. we go so east, you, maybe. So you're going to make that right on 106. Uh, that whole area off of uh, 25A and uh, as you make that right to come down in on 106 into the town. Is uh, is all East Norwich? How many and businesses uh, are in East Norwich? Is it? I mean, we, I I can't even. I'm trying to picture it. I think is it at the intersection of Northern and 106? It's at the intersection of Northern. I think there's and a big steakhouse there. Right? There is. Rothmans is right on the. Rothmans. There, okay, now I know where. Which is a staple. And if you go south, are there businesses on 106, or do you have to go north? If you go south, there's a there's an area there where there are a handful of businesses, and across the street as well, um, there's a handful of businesses, real estate, optical. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, right I. Okay. So that's East Norwich. Absolutely. Thank you for clarifying that. I actually didn't know where East Norwich was. Me neither. <laughs> um, but anyway, so does it? Do you get the sense uh, that the businesses feel like they're not fairly represented by the chamber, or no? I mean, to- we we like I said, we keep them involved in uh, in everything that we put together and all the events that we we do. Um, we use a uh, computer program that's new to us uh, called Chamber Master. Uh, it it helps keep equal communication throughout your entire member list and it gives everybody a platform to uh, build their own uh, profile for visitors to look at. Uh, We've just implemented it uh, this year. We're on the 
beginning stages of a, a complete rollout uh, after the um, onboarding period, the benefits of it to me from the people that I've spoken to that use it already and uh, just from what we've seen in the early stages of it are tremendous as far as keeping things organized and uh, keeping in contact with everybody. So we, we use that. Um, we also have a lot of great members on the board that uh, keep up uh, communication with all the businesses no matter where they are uh, in, in the hamlet. So I'm familiar with the Chamber Master Program. Joe, does Farmingdale use that as we well? We do. We do. Yeah, you have, you've got a great website and um, Farmingdale is a good model for um, how to run a successful chamber. I don't know if you have an executive director, but I do find that the chambers like yours, Joe, yep. that have an executive director, um, really it's so beneficial just in terms of, uh, and Joe Wider is your yes. executive director or whatever. If, if you didn't mention her, I would. Yeah, whatever she, her title she, is, yes. but she does a great job. Um, and just keeping in touch with everybody. And you've got a large, large chamber, 300 yep. plus. So I'm glad to hear that uh, Oyster Bay East Norwich is using it as well, and it should be beneficial because it's really about communication. There are, you know, my experience. A lot of times, I run, I work in towns, and uh, they'll say, "Oh, the chamber," kind of like Joe, you were saying, "Oh, they only care about Main Street, or they never do anything here, or uh, we're always being left out." So, but I think communication is also key. So, if uh, Chamber Master can help that, well, as a plug for Chamber Master, that's it. Um, getting back to you, Ryan, you also uh, preside over really one of the uh, northernmost business districts on Long Island. Talk for a second about the challenges of getting people to come all the way up to Oyster Bay to come see you because it's it's a beautiful town. It is. It's uh, East Norwich too, by the way. Absolutely. It's um, it's on the water. It's a beautiful town. There's a ton to do down there. Um, and getting people to make that turn to come down to town, it, it can be challenging. I think uh, over the years we've seen it where uh, where businesses weren't as busy as they'd like to be, and that could be a result of uh, some of the businesses that were down there weren't attracting certain crowds to come down. Um, we do have Oyster Fest every year in October, which... Yeah, talk about uh, that for a second, because that's Oyster a Fest big Oyster Fest is the largest festival, um, and it uh, brings over a quarter of a million people over two days. <laughs> And it's it's running from you know it, it starts in the morning and it goes until uh, about six seven o'clock at night, and the exposure that you get from that is just tremendous. And uh, it's currently run by the Rotary Club, and the uh, town of Oyster Bay uh, helps facilitate that, and the chamber is involved as well uh, as well as other community groups. But they do a great job with it, um, including everybody. It's a you know it's a good good vessel to showcase your business uh, to an extremely large group in a short amount of time. So that brings people down. And then uh, the businesses that are just down there operating right now are, are some, some great attractions that come in and it, it pulls people down to the, to the downtown area. And then, like I said, once you're down there and you, you see what else there is to offer, it's, uh, it's fairly easy to get people to come back after that. So it's grown nicely. If you had a wish list, uh, what would you like to add to the uh, to the Oyster Bay downtown? What kind of business are you needing? You still got that cute ice cream shop there? We have, uh, I mean, we have a Carvel the on the corner that's been there shop. for a yeah, while. An old, and then we have... Uh, yeah, an old-time ice cream shop. There, there's, uh, that, that ice cream shop is not there anymore. I don't remember the name of it, but I do remember going there. Um, Anything that you're looking... How about a hotel? 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's constantly uh, conversation about uh, apartments, and I saw how Northport's putting in a hotel. Um, those get mixed reviews. I'm yeah. not sure how they. It's fit. a double-edged sword. Yeah, it is. I'm not sure how they fit in down there. Um, one of the big things for for us is uh, Snouters, which is our our famous pharmacy that's on the corner. Sure. Um, you know, noted for uh, Teddy Roosevelt making phone calls to the White House from the phone because it was the only phone in town there. It's a historic building. It's been empty for a long time. I know. And we're just starting to see some movement with that as far as it getting uh, getting renovated. So uh, the Main Street Association, which is phenomenal in facilitating this kind of stuff, and they stay involved and on top of it, and they they run a lot of uh, a lot of grant money that they that they find and that they they have help out all the different businesses in town with sign grants or whatever it is. So um, we were I think the the main thing we'd like to see is for Snouters to be uh, occupied and operational. Uh, it's a it's a really nice corner of the town that's right in the center of town, and I think it would it would do uh, everybody a great service if it was if it was up and running. And you certainly wouldn't want to see that. And no disrespect, but like a, become a CVS or anything like that, right? You're looking for the for the right, um, what's the word, Joe? For the right. Oh man, you know, we're all, we're what do you call when someone word. rents a place from you? You want the, the right occupant? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, as you as you head up 106, uh, we have a Rite Aid, we have a CVS. Um, there's markets, uh, so I think that the you know some living space upstairs possibly i've heard talked about and some some retail downstairs um you know somebody to really come in and and bring that building back and make it look like it should Mm. um and to have a consistent tenant in there i think would be great for the whole town you think that's imminent you think that's uh, yeah i think i think uh i don't know how soon it'll happen but i think at this point in time we're probably uh uh, more on our way than than I've seen over right. the last you know five or six years. But so. you're not. There's no plans to knock it down, and and I mean you want to leave. It's just it is a historic landmark. I, yeah, I haven't heard uh, any any uh, any plans move move forward that yeah. that suggests knocking it down at this point. Um, and it is a historical building. It could use uh, a makeover and some lipstick, but I think it'll be fine. Good, um, Joe. How would you like to have an event that draws uh, a quarter of a million people? You know we're working on it. We're yeah. working on it. Uh, what do you, what uh, do you I, I don't know if the oysters will bring them down to Farmingdale. That, that'd be a little strange. But uh, you know the music on Maine has been has been great. We're looking to see if we could do more of that. That is know. growing. Yeah, that you is. do that a couple of times a year now, right? Uh, it's I believe four Thursdays uh, over the over the summer yeah. every other week. And is that was that something that the Merchants Association kind of got together on? That was really put on through the village, uh, and and part of the Merchants Association was. Uh, you know, at the behest of the village so that they didn't always have to run this kind of stuff. Um, and really, anytime anything's run, it's run by two or three people. And, and I mentioned Joe Fortuna. He, he's certainly the uh, the man behind the curtain when it comes to music on Maine. And we support it. We, we help with uh, monetary donations. And, of course, a lot of our chamber board members and chamber members are helping out, you know, plan all that as well. Um. Joe, your your village has uh, become uh, a victim of its own success. Um, yep. You've got some parking issues. I mean, you can only grow as big as, I guess, the parking will allow. Mm-hmm. But I have heard there are some changes that are coming and uh, plans to provide more parking. What's what's going on? There is. Well, they've, they've uh, made more parking. And I think a lot of times the parking uh, the parking issue is, is maybe – 
talked about too much and more than it really exists. Oh, really? Um, you know, I, I have a hashtag I like to do, you know, I spend more on Main because I, I swear my family, we do spend more money on Main Street than, than the average person for sure. So we're there a lot. I have two kids, five and one and a half. And, you know, you get home from work and uh, you grab the kids, you go, you know, grab the stroller, you go to Main Street, you feel like you went to Lake George for the afternoon. So it's great. You, you just you're gonna have to walk. You're not gonna park right in front of where you want to shop, and uh, I think that's the charm of it. I think you park up on the north end of Main Street where they added a, a good amount of parking, you know, and and you and you take the walk, and that's that's part of it. But there are some things coming out with uh, some ride services that the village is working on uh, bringing to town, which will which will help as well. And um, I'd rather have not enough parking than too much of it. So it's a good problem to have. Uh, I talked about I talk about a lot. You know, back when I was growing up, there was plenty of parking on Main Street. There just wasn't any anywhere to shop. Well, that's why I said you're a victim of your own yes. success. It's a good problem to have. It sounds like you think it might be a little overstated. I, I do. I think most people who actually study it think it's a little overstated. They, there's, uh, we've had traffic studies done and parking studies where, you know, the parking lots are pretty underutilized, a few of them. Uh, it's just the hmm. some of the parking lots are there's never a spot, and two of the two of the lots are always tight. The other two usually have some spots, and then there's two lots that are virtually unused. So it it, it, it is overstated. But on a Saturday night at eleven o'clock, you're probably not gonna not gonna have a, a good time of finding parking. And I don't know if that's the people who are complaining though. <laughs> One of the um, interesting um, facts about Farmingdale that a lot of people don't know is that half of Farmingdale or maybe two-thirds of Farmingdale is in Nassau County mm-hmm. and a third of it is in Suffolk County. Yep. Does that present any any problems for you, especially well, dealing it, with local governments and it's, things it's like that? It's an organizational thing. We have we, You mentioned Joe Wider and she does a great job of it and uh, we, we have a lot of municipalities. The village of Farmingdale is obviously one of them. Uh, the town of Oyster Bay, Nassau County. Then we have town of Babylon and, and Suffolk County. And uh, it's I think five municipalities. It, it, you're dealing there's with, right? a lot. And oh, hold on, I'm repeat that: Nassau County, Suffolk County, yep. town of Oyster Bay, town of Babylon, yep. and the village of Farmingdale. Village of Farmingdale, yeah. So, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, elected officials to keep in the loop. There's a lot of elected officials to talk to. When you consider that that landmass and all the borders, you know, that's a lot of state assemblymen and and uh, you know a couple senators that we state senators that we like to you know, speak to a couple times a year, let them know what uh, is bubbling up from, from our business owners. So it takes a little more effort and a little yeah, more organization, so. but they, they all do a great job. The, uh, the towns and the counties of, uh, and the village, of course, of, of checking in with us too. So they really do keep us in the loop. A lot of times Farmingdale is thought of a NASA County town because that's where our main street lies. But, uh, town but of hey, Babylon, the schools in Suffolk, right? Yep. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of, a lot of people to talk to. Yeah. Uh, we got a little bit of time left. A couple of quick questions for you guys. Number one, Ryan, uh, your first year. Uh, what are your goals for uh, 2019? What would you like to accomplish? I'd really like to have a, a full, successful rollout of Chambermaster. Uh, it's something that we're not used to having. We definitely could use. Uh, I think anybody you talk to, time is uh, is limited for anybody who's participating on any of these boards right now. Everybody's busy. Um, so anything that can help facilitate operating the chamber and having members kind of have their own page to operate helps out a lot. So uh, that's our main focus now. Uh, getting into, we do the, the car shows every Tuesday night uh, during the uh, spring and summer months, making sure that launches off well. We, uh, we've, we've had some great sponsored nights out of that where 
uh, a group will come in and sponsor the whole night, and the amount of people that are down there every Tuesday night is is really good for the for for business in the town. And it, it sounds crazy uh, at this point, but Oyster Fest is in October, and the meetings are probably almost finished as far as planning it. I believe that. So you got to get that out of the way early, and we want to make sure that the the chamber is involved and has a voice and and what's going on, and uh, we look for that to be a successful weekend as well. Great. Joe, what about you? Year two underway? What do so you- I think it's to build on uh, what, we, what we did last year. It's uh, Our membership committee has done a, a really amazing job. I mean, I think, I think we're going to surpass a lot of our membership uh, goals and, and records uh, based on how active that committee is. And it's to continue with the legislative agenda, you know, and, and maintaining those connections. And it's to just keep finding ways to use our events to let our business owners in Farmingdale, in, in the greater Farmingdale area, connect with the people who live in the hamlet of, uh, you know, the hamlets of Farmingdale so that we, we really can make sure we help shop local. You know, it's a great hashtag shop local, but sometimes we need to reintroduce everybody to each other. Very good. Uh, 30 seconds, Ryan, a little plug for your business. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, Oyster Bay Brewing Company? Absolutely. Uh, a good friend of mine, Gabe Haim, and myself started it about six years ago. We were in a small location down there. We grew rather quickly, and then we took over the old uh, 5 and 10, which used to be Buckingham's. It's uh, right on Audrey Avenue. It's about 7,000 square feet, and uh, it's just it's grown tremendously over the last uh, few years, and we couldn't be happier with it. And the foot traffic that comes into the town as a result, we didn't expect but we're uh, you know, more than happy to accommodate and, and be part of the growth of the town. Great. Joe, 20 seconds, Weikert Realty. So it's uh, Weikert Realty's Performance Homes in Farmingdale with a top-reviewed real estate company in Farmingdale on Google and Yelp. We uh, was started by my father, Anthony Garcia, in 1995. It's a family business, myself, my father, my brother, Jared, and uh, Jared and I share an office, a true family business. I didn't know it was a family business. Very good. Special thanks to my guest today, Ryan Schlotter, president of the Oyster Bay East Norwich Chamber of Commerce, Joe Garcia, president of the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce, and Henry Stanfield, chairman of the board of the Malvern Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder. Special thanks to my super engineer, Ryan Collins. Coming up next, Project Independence and you. Thanks for listening.